sign of talk healing to me. I'm Christina Nicolai. If you don't already know, I'm a breathwork facilitator and this podcast is all about holistic healing, finding the root cause of your pain and turning that pain into your purpose, your your power and listening to real stories that have done this, real people who have done this. So in this episode, I speak with Lindita Zirka. She is one of my closest friends and one of the greatest healers that I know personally and has been on this podcast, actually. She was my first guest, and of course, I'm going to bring her back. I definitely want to bring her back for more talks, but this talk, I did not know it was going to go in the direction that it did, but if you want to know what home birthing experiences are like she did all three of her children not at her home but at a home in a bathtub so in the beginning we just start talking about you know how far we've come in life and the past few years and then it just kind of flowed into her home birthing and I've always wanted her to talk about this because I'm so fascinated by it It's like part of me wants to do it in the future, but the other part of me is like, oh my God, thinking of all the million ways that it could go wrong. But she did all three. So she's like my inspiration and I hope that she inspires you too through her story. It's, I think women that do this are so strong. Like all women are strong. All women are strong, but like mentally almost like mentally and intuitively strong because like our bodies were built for this but over time fear gets in the way and then the norm like people follow the norm and I'm not definitely not putting down anyone who does it at a hospital do whatever is best for you that's that's what I that is like my motto in life just like do what's best for you for her, home birthing was the thing. Um, for some other people, it might be home birthing, but not at home. There's like home birthing rooms and hospitals and stuff. You can do that. Or you just do it the Western medicine style way. Whatever works for you. This is your life. The world is your oyster. Anyways, I am talking too much, but I didn't talk about who she is. She's also a naturopath. And she's an intuitive healer and she's helped me heal in countless, countless ways. If you find this episode inspiring, interesting, please send to your friends, take a screenshot, post it on your Instagram, spread the word, like, follow, all the helpful things to get these messages out to the world because every little bit helps like we don't really understand but every little bit helps and I would appreciate it immensely so thank you so much and let's get into it what's up girl hey gosh every time we get on one of these I feel like a different human being because I like totally disconnect from the life and the roles that I play upstairs and I'm like in the basement in my little corner in the dark and I just feel like yeah I just feel like I stepped yeah totally. but like our version of girl talk yeah yeah totally like totally. soul sister girl talk yeah for sure oh we were just talking about because before the call before I started recording we were just talking about how 
we were looking at old notes that we wrote down. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was looking at one literally yesterday. So you doing it today is just so funny. But like yesterday I was looking at um, my old notes and I found one from 2018, November 15th, 2018. And I wrote, this is when I was going through all my shit still like anxiety, yeah. depression, whatever. Um, and well, it was like when I was kind of overcoming it. No, okay. no, I was still going through it. Um, that was like right before I broke up with my ex at the time. Um, okay. So I wrote down intention. This is when I was in IIN, the school I was starting IIN. That's what was happening. I was starting IIN. Um, for people who don't know, um, that's Institute for Integrative Nutrition. It's like where all the health coaches are coming from. But um, I put intention. I will heal myself and become a part-time wellness coach, blogger, filmmaker. I will become a change maker. <laughs> it's such a short, it's such a short thing. But I, I read that and I was like, hmm, most of that is still true. But then I also was reading my other self-development stuff. And like, I really would go deep in analyzing myself. Like, what are the things I need to follow up? What are the things I need to follow through with in my life that I'm not following through with? Where am I coming up short? What do I need to do to make sure that I'm a person that follows through? And I'm answering all these questions to myself. And I used to do oh that gosh. all the time when I was going through my anxiety and depression. Um, but it's just crazy to look back at what my answers were. That's wild. And I wrote a long list of things I need to work on. Like all, and then I'm checking the ones that I feel like I've overcome. So like. Nice. Have, what's left on there? If you don't mind sharing what's on there, what do you have read, left? Let me like see. Okay. Following through with what I commit to. That's something that I'm starting to do like now, like really focusing on committing to what I say I'm going to commit to. Mm. um being on time always <laughs> that's still something I need to work on I'm still working on worrying about what other people think and judgment I'm like light years away from where I was years ago but it's still there and I feel like that's true for a lot of people most people probably um finding more joy in like every day so these are the ones that are still like the ones that I checked off already not allowing stress and irritation to take over so quickly mm. when I used to react like that to my stress or anger or whatever. Um, worrying too much about my physical appearance. Releasing emotions trapped in the body, which I still need more of that, but done a lot of that. Ask people more how they feel about things. <laughs> mm. Um. And then being more of a light in people's lives. Because back then I was like in a lot of darkness. Oh, yeah. It's pretty crazy. Like just, I'm like, does, was that person real? I feel like we talked about this last time too. Like, Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was reading my old notes this morning. And it was like literally like a scene from like Alice in Wonderland or uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. It's like you go through that closet, you go through that wormhole and you go and create in there and then you like come back and zip out. So like 
three, four years ago, same thing. Like I have all these notes. It's like, it's the same person that I'm creating today. Mm. But like, it was, it's almost like a mental battle. So it's like, I want can I read something from mine now? But like, Absolutely. You like you yeah. I wrote, so this is like my introduction to my retreats. So back then, like the first thing I said is like, um, I haven't listed. I was like, I want to do retreats, group coaching. Cause at this point I'd already seen, like, I felt like enough one-on-ones, but I said retreats and then group coaching. And so that I made an introduction to my girls and it says, hi, my name is Lindita. I am passionate about supporting women and discovering their personal power so they can heal themselves and tap into their intuition and true femininity, nice. which is so weird because like that back then, like 2018, 2019, like I still hadn't connected with my own femininity. <laughs> mm, isn't that crazy? So, yeah. And so like now I'm looking at, I was like, holy heck, like, Yes. And it's so funny because even earlier I was on an Instagram rabbit hole and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm done consuming and done, done consuming. But everything that I was consuming was like all about femininity. And then, so I saw someone else's page and it was like feminine, not feminist or something like that. I was like, oh my God, I love that. I love that. So I just think it's really interesting um, to reflect back on these notes and see what I was trying to create. But it's so weird because like now that I'm viewing those notes, I feel like I've like overcome that hump or something. I, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's visiting. Like, go ahead. No, you go ahead. It's like when you look back at the things that you wanted to create and you see that you've created them, but like remembering the place that you were back then when you wanted to create that mm. thing. And noticing how much you've changed and embodied that thing or thought you had embodied it back then. Yeah. But realizing there's different levels. There's just, levels. yeah, so let's just say that there's just levels. Totally. And I came across um, some effort, affirm- like they were like small affirmations. It was like, um, like what I really was working on was um, consistency. And it's so funny because I've been Mm. here before. It's like everything else is like um, when I coach with other people, when I get coached they're you know, it's always about like being strong and feeling powerful and driven. And it's so weird. Those things actually, they come naturally to me, but what doesn't is like consistency in that. So I'm recognizing that as the pattern of like self-sabotage. And so when I see that, like whether it be in school or in sports or like showing up on Instagram, like every time I was consistent, it always worked out for me. But now I'm knowing, like, I'm taking away the pressure of like, what consistency looks, looks like. like, oh, my yeah. God, so we're in like, the same places. Like, yeah. So I was like, okay, I felt on fire for four days. And but then I'm feeling the like adrenal fatigue coming. I'm feeling my nervous system start to break down. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. boom, let me pull away. And then I see one day go by and I like opened up I'm like, no, still don't feel like creating. Let me close it back down. Mm. And then two days go by like, no. And then I look back at all the things I have already created years ago. I'm like, why don't I just share those when I don't feel like creating anything right now? i mm-hmm. still want to offer, you know what I'm saying? Insight or education or whatever. So I'm learning to let go of like what that looks like. Cause I feel like it has to be like a fire video every time. Cause that's mm-hmm. where I feel most confident, most supported. But, um, I like, I still get people that love, you know, the naturopathy tips or love, like, you know, I ask like, oh, yeah. like the cell salt of the month tips. So I forget that like 
I don't have to be all in in this one area. And that's been something I've been letting go as far as like the whole niching down thing. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Consistency. Yeah, that's leaning into that. That I'm really, I've really um, come to realize is, is there's importance in consistency, but finding your own way to um, express that or be that like it doesn't have to be this rigid like follow all the rules based off of what this person that person that person does like you should be doing it this way you should be doing it this way like find your way to be consistent because if you try to follow like that hustle culture or whatever how someone else does it then you could end up being burnt out like that's you know me I can go from zero to a hundred all the time (laughs) you always say that to me and I'm, I think that level of like where I was trying so hard to produce, 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 create, create, create. It was like coming from this deeper wound of wanting to be enough. Mm. So me creating and doing, and I would honestly, like in the beginning of the pandemic, I would be like in front of my laptop from like morning until night. And my roommate would be like, can you just like chill and come watch a movie with me or something? I'm like, nope, I got to do work. Got to do this. Got to do that. And like, there's a time and place for that, but that can only last for so long. So finding a balance is so, so important. If you're not nurturing yourself as you're creating, then that creation fuel will just start to deplete. Mm. you know it's funny you talking just triggered like what I've been battling in terms of like create 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 and for me it was always about not having enough time Mm. it was always about time I needed to do this before I run out of time and it was like just this year did I really because the past few years I've been pregnant And I always feel really aligned with the seasons and nature. Like I feel really like in my body. I'm really like, yes, I got this. But now it's like my crutch is like gone. Like I'm starting to feel um, my youngest, he's pulling away from me. He wants more solids. And so he wants to be breastfed less. And I'm like, I can't let go of that. But so what I'm seeing is is like my role is shifting now. Like I like Mm -hmm. just full time needed by them all the time. And now like this year, like really been honing in on like my own timing and like trusting my own timing, like whatever is meant to be, is like going to be mine. Like there is no rush. There's no urgency. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, even like I wanted to go against, like, I want to be really committed to like, and so funny, happy today. My friend goes happy launch day. It goes so funny because I changed my launch. Like mm-hmm. my program was shifting, like my I was shifting and I needed to like pull back and integrate my transformation before I could share it. And so that was today. So it's so funny celebrating that. Yeah. It's such a great thing that you did that too, because you don't want to create and offer something from a space of like, where you don't feel fully aligned with it or connected or like, you're like, this is what I want to do. I am like so ready to launch this or birth this whatever creation at this time this way. But you mm-hmm. are allowing yourself the space to make some changes, tweak it, 
understand from what place you want to launch what you want to launch on your own time and in your own way. And the problem I feel like for a lot of people is they, they feel this external pressure to do something, whether this is like, you know, coaching or whatever you do out there as your job or being a mom, whatever, you feel this external pressure to do things a certain way and at a certain time. And that doesn't allow you to do your or live your role, execute your role in the best possible way that you can. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Like for me, I in the past have made such beautiful impacts in people's lives, right? But once I hit that burnout, which led me to taking, you know, however long I took off, like six, seven months off, um, that time was needed for me to build back up into the person that I'm meant to be to offer what I have to offer in the best way possible that I can offer it. Yeah. And every, you know, we, we keep growing to new levels as healers, as people, as, you know, souls, whatever. Um, but you have to allow yourself that time, that space and that wiggle room to flow and change. So yeah, like we were talking about earlier, finding that balance between stability and flow and Mm. what's the word transience or like fluidity Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah it's a good feeling so after deciding to change the launch date and change the the offering the offering itself like where do you feel like you're at as a healer or like as what you want to offer when you feel ready to offer it? Like, where do you feel like you are at with your, um, yeah. Um, you know where I feel honestly is like, because I haven't been launching anything. I've been like really to myself and, um, I feel like I'm like still filling up my cup for myself and it feels so good. Like, Mm. and I'm noticing now though, I'm noticing like when I'm noticing when I feel like, okay, I'm good. I'm noticing when I can like take a break and go give my kids time. I'm noticing when I can give my husband time. Like it's really like a whole transformation within myself of like my energy. Like before I think, my portal was so open. Like my space was so big. And now I feel like, like I just kind of coiled back in and I've gone through the transformation, but now I feel like I'm just opening my eyes to the light. Like I'm just like, I'm like that fresh newborn baby. That's like, hi, it's me kind of thing. Um, Like the pain of labor and it's so funny because you said the keyword there was birth mm-hmm. and so I've been on Instagram all morning trying to re um, rediscover or reshape my bio and my identity and it's so funny because you know someone else one of my old clients like she always talks to me she's like birth 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 I'm like what did you experience this, oh, a rebirth 
what do you love about my page? Oh, I love all things birth. So I'm like all things birth. Mm-hmm. So I'm noticing that like, even like, you know, my, I've shared with you my notes, like one of my babies is birth your purpose. So right now I'm just integrating all things birth myself, my kids, my business. Like it's just boom, boom, boom. Like I'm just feeling into the season, which is bringing me even like out of the dark, out of the cocoon and like into spring, into fertility, into like just being this flower that wants to be seen. I feel like associated with you, I always feel like mother, right? And your experience with birthing your children and inspiring other women with that story. Would you be open to sharing a little bit about that experience, your experience with actual birth, like with your children and, um, and why that word birth resonates with you so much? Are we doing that now on this podcast or do we want to save that? I don't know. I feel like let's just go with it. Yeah. Like this is, it's so funny because, um, just because it's been coming up like with the, the breathwork session that we did yeah. and then what happened, like you can even talk about that, but like, I don't that, know. That's what I'm saying. Like, where do we want to go with this? Because this is like a loaded gun. Like I'm ready to just unleash. And it's just so funny because I always get people that said, just talk more and talk more about it. Okay. Um, what about that process? Like, where do you want me to start sharing from? Okay. If I was in in listening to this podcast and I was like, okay, she birthed all her children at home, not at home, in a bathtub. I don't think it was at home, right? It was at your... My third one was in my midwife's home because my bathtub was too small. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah, they were all water babies. My, my first son was in a water tub, like a water pool or a whatever, a birthing pool. Sorry. My second daughter came so fast. I didn't have time. I had to jump in my bathtub. And um, my third one, because of my second experience, I had like, it was so fast. I was so weak. I lost a lot of blood. I fainted. So the third time I was like, let me be more prepared. And I'm going to go to my midwife. She lives a mile away from me. Literally. I got so lucky because she was living in Detroit when I had Maya and she literally moved a mile away. And she has a big, beautiful space and a big, beautiful shower. So I felt like really comfortable. I felt really supported. Mm-hmm. So sorry. No, continue. You're, I, I cut you off. Okay. So how do I um, go from that? Why did you in the first place do that instead of okay. going like, did you feel this is what I want to know. Did you feel fear like, cause this is the fear that I have. Like I, there's a big part of me that wants to do that in the future. Whenever I'm pregnant is to have an at home birth. But then the other part of me is like, I remember you sharing that with me when we first met on Instagram. Did I, I probably yeah. did, but like then yeah. the other part of me is like, but what if this happens? What if that happens? What if that happens? And I know I've heard a lot of women say the same thing, the fears of what could possibly happen. Did you have those fears? And if not, like, what did you feel um, to have that courage, I guess, trust? I feel, like, I feel like I'm telling the experience after everything. So it's like maybe bias, like, oh, of course I didn't feel any fear. So I would love to know that 
I would love to ask that questions, like the people around me to know if I felt fear in the moment, like, well, like, absolutely not. But is it because I got to witness other people? Like I got to witness how my sister's birth experience went. So I got to see what I liked and didn't like. Let me just wind it back for you for like many years. Since I was a child, I don't know why I always felt dirty in a hospital. Mm. I can't tell you why. And this is like me. I don't have any logical explanation for why I feel the way I did when I was a child. Other than, I don't know, like it was just even like in the bathrooms, the smell, like I just felt like it was like a sick place. Mm -hmm. Maybe because anytime I went to the hospitals to visit sick people. I don't know, but I always felt sick. I always felt like the energy of that like environment was like, wah, wah, wah. like it just it was so heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I worked in a nursing home. I've been like back and forth to the hospital many times to take our residents. Um, so again, like it kind of gave me this idea of like, oh my gosh, I'm taking people here who are dying. Like I want to give birth. Like how is it, you know, how can I do this in this kind of environment? Um, oh, it's wild. I'm getting so many synchronicities. Sorry. I haven't talked about this out loud in a while. And it was just making me think of like when people die at home versus in the hospital, like I've seen both like hospice, nursing home, hospital. So it's like kind of full circle. Um, me and my sister, when we got on the natural health journey of like Um, learning about vaccines, learning about birth. Like we would watch live births, like YouTube was kind of just getting hot, you know, at that time. Mm -hmm. So I would watch all these people and I was like, how, how is this lady birthing at home? So I was so intrigued. When this was like 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was like 21, 22, like Mm -hmm. maybe even younger, 1920. Yeah, because my sister was a young mom. And I remember going through that process with her, like how we wanted everything to go. And at the time, it was really just like, want to have her natural. Like that's, that's really what it was. It was just like having an unmedicated birth. Like that was the first goal. Mm. And so, because I've never been pregnant, like I just had to witness the eyes of like the people around me that have had it. And then my sister was telling me about a book that she read. It was like the hypno birthing book. And she was like doing all this research. And she was telling me about like how, you know, different tribes, different women, different cultures, like just their different experiences and like how new birthing in hospitals really was. Like it was, it's newer if you compare it to how the way, the way that people have done it for hundreds of years. And then always, I was always intrigued by just my own family, my own experience. Like how did my great grandmother give birth 19 times in a barn? Like, you know, like how did our ancestors do it? I don't know. So anyway, so I was just always obsessed with the human body, how it works. Um, I was inspired by my sister and like her knowledge, like that she was sharing with me. And then once I started, started studying naturopathy and I was going to school, I was spending weekends away with these women. And some of them were, were midwives. Some of them were doulas. Some of them had home birth themselves. So I was like, Whoa, like this is actually possible. Like people can actually do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my own healing journey, like from the time that I like studied naturopathy and then to like, when I had my son, I'd done so much healing. I'd done so much cleansing. Mm-hmm. I'd done so much gut work that I was like, I was really starting to feel what my intuition really feels like. And I was starting to feel what I felt like when I didn't listen to it. 
And when I listened to it, like when I thought about home birth, it was a strong fuck. Yeah. It was like, yes, you were made for this. Like mm-hmm. it was almost like the excitement of like riding a roller coaster. Like, you know, you're going to get that thrill. Like it's, it's, it's fucking scary. You're going up and you hear those notches like you know, as the, <laughs> as the cart goes up, you know, the hill and you're just like, Oh, that anticipation. Like that's, that's what birth is like each wave, each contraction is like another notch closer, another notch closer to like what? To this like portal. And I, I hate even using that word because it's such a hippie term right now, but like, it's exactly what it felt like. And when, like, I look at, I look at it like this too, Christina, like you can spend nine months worrying about what's going to go wrong, or you can spend nine months preparing for what's going to go right. Mm. So in the beginning, I was like really, really confident. I was seeing an OBG. He was like trained in craniosacral. He had a really good resume. I loved like his background, um, like emergency ER doctor in the Navy or something like that. I was like, yeah, like he's prepared. He, he was also trained, like I said, in um, craniosacral therapy. And I was like, great. If anything was to go wrong, you know, like this would be the guy. And I like, I interviewed him. I asked him about like his cesarean rate. Like that was my biggest thing. It's like, I don't want to have a C-section child. It's so common. And, um, through that process, I was at, and it's so funny because so I was originally found this guy who I thought would give me the best of both worlds. Mm. Um, because it still was like, I didn't find anyone that I knew, or I didn't find anyone to connect with. I'm new to the birth experience. Like who the hell do you call to when you want a home birth? So it was home birth. And then I met, I, you know, my first baby, I was going to this OBG, which I thought was all holistic. But within that office, there was a chiropractor and he kind of asked me what my plan was. And I was like, Oh, this, this, and this. And he's like, well, that sounds like you want a home birth. He's like, that it sounds more, I'm like, yeah, but like, who do I call? He's like, well, there's a lady in our area. So he gave me her number and I interviewed her and, um, she was awesome. But before that actually rewind, this is why I have to tell this story many times so I can get all the details and all the facts. Um, I'd interviewed another lady, just looking her up online and I went to her office and I didn't feel the connection. I didn't feel the vibe. That's why I continued seeing my OBG. And at my OBG office, like I kind of surrendered and I was like, well, that lady was in it. And then through the office, he shared an office next door to a chiropractor. And that chiropractor linked me with this, um, this other lady who's like so experienced. He's like, she's a little out there. He's like, but I think like, if you're going to do home birth, like this is the woman she has like over 1200 births at the time. Now it's up to like 1700. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and so I met with her and it just, it, it just clicked. It just like, when I know something like, and I feel it, I just feel it. It's like my husband, like, boom, I, we don't need a date. We don't need to fuck around. I got it. We're good. Let's go. It was the same with the midwife. I was like, she sees me. I see her like background. This, like, can you provide the transformation? Absolutely. Can you hold the space? Fuck yeah. Let's go. And I'm a really indecisive person, but these major turning points in my life, when I feel really locked in, like, I know it's right because everything else is like so freaking wishy-washy with me, but this like, no, I knew it. I felt it like, this is my truth. This is my calling. And so I spent like my whole pregnancy preparing. I spent my whole pregnancy for like, you know, looking up all the foods, looking up all the stretches, baby flip things. Like I prepared like myself for all of like what could go wrong. And I was still seeing my OBG up until I think it was like six months. And I just wanted to be considered safe. I just wanted him to give me the go ahead. Like, everything's okay, whatever. Um, and I did. So I did up until six months. And then afterwards, I'm like, why am I seeing you? I'm so tuned to my body. Like, what's the point of this? I kind of like, 
dropped him off the face of the earth. I feel really bad. Um, but I was like, Oh, I'm good. And I felt, I felt bad. Like I kind of just dumped him and kind of hired my midwife. Um, so you said you were preparing for the worst, right? Before yeah. you said that you, sh- you should prepare for the best in the nine months, right? Um, do you feel like the OBGYN or, and because it was your first that you were in that kind of space of like preparing so, for what could go wrong? Yeah. So it's not, not for the I worst. Pre- you said for what could go wrong, not the worst. Yeah. So it's like, um, because I've never had this experience or known anyone in my family, like, yes, I had like friends who we went to school with, but they weren't in my circle all the time. So I don't know if I took them serious or I would, if I just thought there were some hippies, like I was still kind of in the transition of like being in the regular world of like a nine to five and like having a career and growing a family. Um, so, and then like kind of talking about it with my husband, I felt like I was influenced by him too, because he was like, I don't know about home birth. Like I agree with it, but like, is it something you feel safe with? Like he just wanted to make sure I was doing the right thing. And then when I presented him with the doctor and like his resume, he's like, oh yeah, great. You could still have a natural in the hospital. That's fine too. Mm. And so I was, I was trying to go that route, but the more that I was listening, like that guy was an ER doctor in the Navy, like in when he was whatever training. So he kind of had that approach of like, he's there for if something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And that was like the, that's like the direct energy that it took from him. And it was like, okay, no, I don't want to prepare for what's going wrong. Like my body's meant to do this. Like there's no fucking way there's no, but if, and he always kept kind of like dipping the if in there. So I wanted to make sure that like, you know, blood work. I think I did blood work. I did an anatomy scan. Um, I did like a few of the things I was seeing a chiropractor, I was seeing a massage therapist, like my self care was on point. Like I was just so present. Um, and then every visit he's like, yeah, I don't see any reason why you couldn't you know, do it naturally, but, and it was just kind of like that, but, and I was like, as soon as I like met with my midwife and she, you know, is clearly home visits, everything is at home. Um, she works a lot with the Amish. Um, I got like all of her stats, like her stillbirth stats, her C-section, how many times she's had to send someone away. And they were so freaking low. And at that time she had delivered, um, over 1200 babies. And I was like, wow, like this is possible. Now I'm talking to someone that does it all the time. Like miracles are like her thing. They're like that little percentage. She doesn't prepare for that. Like it's the bar is already set high. Like, yes, you're fucking made to do this. This is where we stay. This is where we stand. This is the space I'm holding for you. So like once I got a taste of that, there's no going back. Like I was like, I'm never getting an ultrasound ever again. I'm never Mm -hmm. seeing an OBG again. I will never like, not that I don't trust men in that field. I'm like, there's no way. Like I'm talking to someone like she's been through it. She has like six or seven kids. I forget. And the first one was in a hospital and the rest were home birth. So she's had both experiences. Um, and so just that, I don't know that support. I think it was that support. Like she was like an older woman. Like I kind of had this like mothery, like motherly bond of like, yeah, I got you. I see you. Like, this is this is programmed in us. Like if I can grow, and I saw this on Instagram and I refer to it all the time, but it's like, if I can grow this baby without intervention, I can deliver this baby without intervention. Mm-hmm. Meaning the body's already designed to do it. Yeah. The only thing that gets in the way is like you and the what ifs. So I just started like, 
really taking my self-care on another level. Um, yeah. What else? I think that's Help really me. like you. So you prepared already, like without even knowing that you were preparing by like taking care of yourself and healing your gut and everything that you did before you got pregnant that kind of led you because I asked you if you were afraid, right? But I think your self-care and your healing that you did before prepped you so much to not be in a space of fear. Yeah. Trusting your own body. And I'm sure after the first, then after the second, like you started to really trust your body more and the more you healed, like it's important for moms listening to this or soon to be moms or, you know, someone who wants to be a mom in the future and thinks about going in this route to understand that it's really important that you take care of yourself. And I think that, you know, this also ties back to where you are today, focusing on your own healing in order for you to be there for the women that you're about to help. Totally. Healer. So, so yeah, totally. leading up to that experience, do you want to talk about what the experience was like when with Arian, like the actual experience? Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's like, you know, your first pregnancy, it's like um, kind of like waiting for the first day of school, you know, when you were young and you were just like so excited and it was still kind of summer out and the sun was staying out a little later and like you knew you had to be in bed early because you had to wake up early, but for some reason you couldn't sleep. You didn't sleep and you just woke up early anyway and you got your best like outfit on. And like, yeah. that's exactly how I felt. Like, I just knew like that night I was starting to get uncomfortable at night. And I was like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. So one night I was just like, you know what? I just had this urge and I'll tell you about this. I'm going to bring it full circle later. Remind me to tell you about this reflux, reflex. Um, I had this urge to like leave my husband in bed and like go be by myself. So like I went by myself, it was like two 30 in the morning and I put on some meditation music. So I was like, I'm going to just be with myself right now. I just want to be with myself. And I've already had, oh, I should rewind later. I'll tell you about another spirit. My, one of my spiritual experiences when I was pregnant, six months pregnant. Anyways. So I went by myself. I turned on the TV. I've got the meditation and I'm just sitting on like my ball. Actually, it's the same ball I'm sitting on now because I love, <laughs> love these freaking exercise yogi balls. Um, and I was just sitting there and I was like, is it time right now? Like, are you coming? Like, are, and I was literally talking to myself. Like I was by myself and I could feel like movements. I could feel these, they call it contractions, but they were like, I don't know. They were like soft little electric. And I kept calling them, um, what did I call them? Zips or what? I was calling them like uh, uh, zingers, zingers. I was calling them zings. I'm like, I'm getting a zing. And that's how I was describing it. And I'd get a zing and I'm like, oh my God. So mind you, I'm so fucking immature. Okay. I grab my phone and I'm like, I'm going to record this. This is a piece of cake. So I'm recording. And I'm like, Hey guys, just want to record my experience home birthing. Like, <laughs> I don't know what people are talking about. Stop. This is a piece of cake. And I'm just fucking recording myself. Right. All of a sudden things go from like zero to 80 oh, out of a hundred. And I, I never dilated. I never checked dilation. I just checked. Um, I was just recording the time in between each contraction. Cause I remember my midwife, I said, when do I call you? And I forget exactly. I think it was when they're two, 
a minutes apart. Something I forget. Um, I'll have to look it up when like the contractions are like a minute long and like a few minutes apart, something like that. She was then like, I'll be there. So I remember that. And then I text her and I was like, Hey, by this time it's like three, three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, Hey, I'm feeling some zings. They, this is how far apart they are. And she's like, okay, well, yeah, I'm not concerned. She goes, everyone goes really long their first time and everyone, whatever. Uh, mind you, I already done the research and looked up like the herbs to be on to help um, shorten, you know, pregnancy and labor or whatever. So she's like, oh, well, you know, just stay there. I'll, I'll wait. You know, if anything changes, I was like, no, I, I really think actually like you should come now. So she's like, okay, she takes her sweet time. And I'm just by myself and I'm like, I'm still by myself. And this time I'm walking up and down my basement stairs because it was cold in the basement. This is like, it was um, August. So my basement tile was cold. So I liked how it felt to my feet. I was walking up and down and I had to pee constantly. I know me when I'm nervous, AKA when I'm excited, I have to go to the bathroom all day, like just nonstop using the bathroom, pee, 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 pee. So with him, I like, I sat down and I had this urge to like throw up. I was like, whoa, like I'm like totally purging everything right now. And it was coming so fast by this time my midwife is there. And I called my cousin, my first cousin, she wanted to be there because at the time she was studying like to be a doula. And she's like, I want to see a home birth. I'm like, hell yeah. Like, come on. So I had my midwife, um, Ben, he was, yeah, he was up. He was up on and off, but I told him like, go away until the baby comes. Like he was kind of in the background and there's something about my husband that I couldn't stand. I don't know what it was, but I was like, I don't want you around. It was so weird. And he was super supportive the whole time, but I was like, I don't, I don't want you for this. It was so weird. It was almost like, I'm going to tell you this. There was a part of me that felt shame for letting him see me the way I was. It was so weird. It was like, I was looking at myself through his eyes and he was like frozen. This is also why men are not great birthing coaches. People all think they're going to do it on their own without a doula at the hospital. And Oh no, my husband's so supportive. He is so supportive. I get it but he doesn't have a thousand fucking years in his DNA of birthing kids. Okay. Like mm-hmm. let's get that right. <laughs> um, so I told him like, go away. I know when this baby's going to crown, you can come. He's like, okay. Thank you. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so I'm like on and off the toilet and I'm feeling like everything's happening like really fast. And I go out and I see my, um, my cousin. And I was like, I was exhausted at this point. And I look at her, I'm like, I need honey. She's like, okay. So like, she gives me a spoon of honey. And I just, I get this like urge, like I get more energy. I'm like, okay. And I remember at the time, like trying all these different positions, like, um, on my knees, whatever. Oh, rewind. When my water broke, um, my midwife told me like not to get into the water too early, because sometimes if you get into the water too early, it slows the contractions down because you get so comfortable. Mm. So she was filling up the tub and I went to the bathroom and I felt my water break. And I was like, whoa. It was perfect. All three kids, all my water broke. Like it was like this bolus of water that just released all of them broke over the toilet. So I never had like a mess. It's hilarious. So they all broke over the toilet wow. from the time, from the time. So she got there about three 30, my water broke at like six 12 or something. And I jumped in the tub in the water tub, the brick tub. And he was born at like six 36. What? Yeah. This, and this is for all of my kids. It, like it's insane. I don't even know how it happened. So I'm in the tub and mind you, like I was expecting like to be coached by my midwife, like to be like, like 
this is what you should do. Like, not at all. She just fucking watched me. And at the time I was so annoyed. I was like, what did I pay you for? Like literally like in my head, I was so annoyed. Yeah. I wanted her to do it for me. Like, this is my life. This is like the things like that reflect back, like even in my business, like, no, I want you to, I want to pay someone to do that for me. She was so hands-off. The only thing she recommended me to do. And she's like, I'll help you. Is like, I'll hold, you know, um, like, when your contraction comes in the baby's crowning, I'll help hold the skin so that you don't tear. I'm like, okay, cool. But I got into this position and like, she told me, you know, there's a point, you know, right before the baby comes where you feel like you have to go to the bathroom. You feel like you have to go number two. And I remember in my body, like I didn't want to push, but she was like, this is when you push. And I wasn't connecting with the word push. I was like resisting it, but I also didn't know what else to do. So I kind of just went with it. And I pushed, I think it was like two times and he came out, but I tore and I felt like that was my resistance. Like that was me not listening. Like I, I felt it wasn't, it didn't feel right, but I also didn't know what else to do. So it was a little forced. Um, and I'm saying that like really critically, because if I actually zoom out, my birthing experience was fucking amazing. Like it was so amazing, but you get like kind of cocky. You get kind of like, what can I do better next time? Like, and it's so weird. I've talked to all moms. They all get like this. Like, you know, they go through that first time and now they know what they want to do the second time. So with him, it was great. Um, Were you on your knees then when you, when I was, I was, I was, but it was like a weird, um, what's that position where you go back, you know, where you're on your knees and you're in yoga and you go back like to grab your ankles. Camel. Is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I th- yeah. Uh, yeah, that's exactly like how he wanted to be birthed. I, I don't know why, but that's how he wanted to be birthed. Um, it, it's the only one that felt good at the time. I don't know what it was about, but um, why do you say like, that's uh, that's what he how he wanted to be birthed? Because I could feel when I changed positions, I was so uncomfortable. And as soon as I like released, I'm like, I don't know what the hell. And then I was like, okay, I got to my knees. I was like, okay, this is better. And then I just started to play with my body. I'm like, okay, this is better. This is better. Yeah. And then I got there. I was like, oh my God. And then it was like, it was just go time, which is so crazy because I'm going to talk about my other birth experiences too. All three of them wanted their own positions. And I remember when Maya came, I was like, I'm going to do a work the first time. This is why there's no freaking manual. This is why you cannot treat people with disease and symptoms the same. You cannot, you cannot. So I remember getting these positions with her and she was coming so fast. And I was like, annoyed. I'm like, well, it worked for Arian. Like what the heck? And I remember a weird position with her. I was like, I got on like, I kind of sat in like, um, how do you say it? Where you, you know, um, is not, is it crow? where you've got your hands in between your knees. No, that's yogi, yogi squat. Yogi squat. That's exactly. So I got into a yogi squat and she's like, she just zipped out like so fast. I think it was even too fast. It was just like, everything was so fast. Yeah. Like I, I barely remember that experience. I remember, um, this is wild. I remember, um, texting my sisters and like, Hey, I think it's tonight. Like, cause I was laboring for a few days. This is a totally different experience. So Arian, it was the middle of the night Her, it's the end of the night. But at this point I had Arian, I had my stepdaughter, I had my husband home and it's just the home is full and I'm getting contractions. But as soon as I sit down, they stop. So it's like at the more movement I had, the more she was coming. 
I didn't know I was having a girl with her, by the way. I didn't do any kind of medical intervention. Never saw a doctor. Nothing. Never Not did an one ultrasound. ultrasound. Nothing. Nope. Why do you nope. stay away from ultrasounds? Um, it- you know, I, I think they're beneficial, but I, I don't know. I guess I got cocky with Arian. Like, um, uh, you know, you want them for like whatever anatomy reasons or make sure they're developing. But like, here's my thing. Like, I don't know what kind of procedure I would have done anyway, even if the baby wasn't developed. So like knowing those things didn't interest me. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, don't you want to know if something's wrong? Well, well, what really could be wrong? And I I hate to say this because I don't want to sound insensitive to the people that have complicated pregnancies, but I didn't, I had a really great pregnancy. I was deemed safe the whole time. Do you think Um, it's because of how you entered it, how you approached it because of all the healing you've done on yourself and the way that you approached it mentally and emotionally? Maybe, I don't know, maybe, because then, you know, you share with people, I'm like, oh, you're so lucky you had a great pregnancy. But I, I, I think it's also the way I view birth. Like it's Mm -hmm. sacred, man. Like it's not something you just check off your to-do list. Yeah, And that's like, you got to really have faith and trust in the body. You know, there's in that book that I was reading. No, the hypnotherapy. It's not in that. Yeah. I don't even know if it's in that one, to be honest. I don't even think so. I think I found this information after, after I birthed all my kids, I read something somewhere and I wish, I wish I could remember where the hell I read it, but it was talking about a reflex that women go through. That's like the only time it can be activated in labor is when you're alone. And that's primal. You're talking like freaking, you know, hundreds and thousands of years ago, women had had this urge and they removed themselves from the tribe to be alone in order to birth. And, and I you, totally get it now. Have you, um, I don't know if this is pretty common with Albanians, like back in like the nineties or whatever, or the eighties of like having your in-laws in the room, like having like a lot of people in the room when you're having your baby, like you're in the birth experience, like, well, you know what? I don't know. I don't remember hearing a lot of stories of people like that. I do remember though, like as a kid, like going into people's room, like after they've had a baby and thinking like, that was so normal. Like you have a baby, everyone comes to the hospital. Like, and it was almost like, if you didn't go to the hospital to visit someone, like, it was kind of like, you didn't go to the hospital. So like, I don't know, by the time I got older and I was like, whoa, but after hearing like my sister go through it, I'm like, whoa, no, actually, like, I think people need to be alone. Um. Oh, there's so many directions I want to go in. Like, I want to say one thing. When I was in Mexico, I was watching this like um, Mexican TV show of these girls and they ended up randomly at this house in the middle of nowhere. And um, one of them was pregnant and there was an older woman there, just like an old lady, Mexican lady who helped birth the woman, the baby. And then there was a another woman there who was a doctor, right? So the doctor was like, no, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to prepare. She was like freaking out. And then the, the woman who was birthing, helping birth a baby was like an older woman. She's like, I've done this so many times, basically, like I got this. And she's very calm. And something happened with the baby being turned in the wrong way. And she knew exactly what to do. And this doctor is like, no, you should do it this way, this way. 
and no one was listening to her and the baby came out fine and perfect, whatever. But it was just like this experience of like, wow, like this is what our bodies are meant to do. And that inner wisdom that a woman has is so much more powerful if we believe in it instead of like acting or, or, you know, acting from that place of fear rather than trust. And yeah, you know, I heard (laughs) so funny. I read something also. It was like you birth according to your personality. Mm. And I remember going to, I remember going to, and I hope these people hear this on the podcast one day. I remember going to Lula's cafe when I was pregnant with my youngest and they were like, um, the owner, she's like my friend, she was telling them, she's like, this girl bros her kids at home. Oh, and yeah, the was, was like, I there? I think it was, were there. you there? Yeah. I think you were freaking there. And the <laughs> husband was like, oh my God. Yeah. The husband was so into it. And the wife was like, eh. she was like a little standoff. And she's like, do you have any tips? I'm like, well, you know, they say they're like that you birth your baby according to your personality. <laughs> oh, Zot. <laughs> he threw his hands in the air. He's like, fuck it. I'm done. Oh no. He's like, if that's the case, he's like, we're not having a home birth. Um, so I thought that was pretty funny, but I think it's honestly, it's like, oh, it's what, it's what you want to get from the experience. It's what you want to get from the experience. Everyone says, I want to have an unmedicated birth, but my thing has always been just like business, just like home, just like anything. Like, are you in the right environment for the healing? Are you in the right environment for this? Like for me, I'm really, I'm really sensitive to fluorescent lights. Oh my God. That was in another notes that I had from 2018. I was like writing to myself, my higher self. And I was like having dialogue and I was like, why am I so sensitive to lights? I freaking hate, um, artificial lighting. I it's driving me nuts. Like it was insane. Yeah, totally. And it's so funny. All of my kids hate light too. When they're born, all of them hated the light. Like I could tell, I could feel them. Um, the sun. Yeah. Um, I forget where I was going. I don't remember exactly where we were, but let's go from Maya experience from with Maya and then to Aragon and like what you learned in each one, like did the first one help you with the second one? The second one help you with the third one? Yeah. um, Bring your phone. I'm sorry, your phone. Yeah, your um, mic closer to mouth. The, the sound had gone out for a second. Um, yeah, with with Maya, it was um, she with Aaron. It was more of like I kind of I took control and kind of didn't allow him like through the way he wanted to be as far as like the force. Like I felt like the push was just too much. With Maya it was like a force was coming through me and I had no freaking control. That is like the personality. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. Seriously. And it was like, get out of the way I'm coming through, but also subconsciously, I was so stressed in that pregnancy, Christina. I was like, I I was at the point I was like, I just, I'm done. I want to not be stressed. Like I just want her out. I didn't know it was her, but I'm like, I just want the baby out. So I had, that was a background subconscious thought from me. So when she came through, it was like, I was so, um, I guess like stone cold in my emotions that I couldn't like, I literally, she had to come through because I wasn't even present enough. I don't think to like guide her. 
So she had to do it on her own. And and it's so her, it's so me and her, like that's our life lesson. I'm telling you, all of these birth experiences are my, my children. They all are like Arian. It was a little forced. Arian's a little, um, yeah, he requires a lot of energy. He's really dominant. He's like pisses on everyone's freaking trees. Like he's all over. He's Leo. Totally. So, and then Maya, like, and Arian's was like way more animalistic. Like I was an animal when I birthed him. Maya's, it was like really, um, I was in another dimension. It was really like psychedelic. It was really like cosmic. Like I felt like I was like, when I put my music on and I was like, you know, in my zone with her, it just felt like I was in like a wormhole, like a tunnel, like in the stars. I was in the future. It was so weird. Did you use the hypnotherapy stuff when you were doing? So I had bought the book and with it came a DVD and I never listened to it with Arian. I just read the book and if you know me, I only read books like 75% through. <laughs> I don't ever complete them. Um, so I, I was like, oh yeah, I got the gist of this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like with Arian. And then by the time I came, I was like, let me read this book again. Like, it's just a great book. Even if you don't freaking have kids, it just teaches you a little more about like the anatomy of your uterus and like give some really cool, interesting facts about like, um, like where um, modern birth kind of like turned and like, you know, how we were all pretty much home birth before, um, it was like the queen of England or something kind of made it, um, popular, forget the stats on it. Um, but like, um, if you had access to healthcare, it was considered a luxury. So, you know, the high class people with money who got to afford, um, you know, the drugs to numb themselves or, you know, to get, I forget what it was, what they used back, back then. Um, anyway, so it was just a great book in general. And then um, with Maya, I turned on the hypno birthing CD um, maybe like a week or so before she was birthed. And I didn't really, you know me, I don't really like being guided. I like to guide myself. Yeah. Um, But with her, like, I do remember, like, I do remember kind of, it wasn't a choice. I was so stressed. Like I, I was, I was forced to surrender. So I did allow it to do it for me. Like that CD, like I really got in the zone and that's what took me. That's why I said it was so psychedelic Arian. No, I was like, I'm in control, but I don't know what I'm doing with my is like, I know what I'm doing, but I can't have control. This is so wild. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, she came through so freaking fast. In fact, I had another first cousin. So it's funny. My first baby was my mom's, my first cousin from my mom's side um, Kiki. And then, um, with, uh, my second baby, my first cousin from my dad's side, Nora, she wanted to witness the birth, but she literally made it like 10 minutes too late. Like she came so fast. She's like, do you think it's coming? So I'm like, no, it's happening now. Like it was literally so fast. And I remember texting my sister was like, Oh, you know, I'm laboring. They're like, Oh yeah, whatever. And like literally within an hour, I was like zero to a hundred this time. I was like, Nope, she's coming. Like it's, it's done. So a soft labor, I think started at like I don't know, four, four thirty-five, and she was born at like six fifteen PM. Like it was so freaking fast. Um, then with Aragon, honestly, I wasn't recovered from Maya's birth, like physically, but I was so like I was just in a deeper sense of like self-trust within my body. And I was being coached. Um, I had a coach uh, a few times. I was a part of a few women's groups, like women's circles. Um, 
and I just, I felt so nourished by other women. Mm. I felt so, um, and they're all strangers. They were all like my zoom calls, but I, I never felt more connected to women, which allowed me to connect to me. And it like, I think I got to allow, I allowed myself to be seen by strangers, which was big. Um, and I feel like that just kind of fortified my, you know, my, my mother intuition and with him, it's same thing. It's so funny in that half hour, you know, like my water breaks to like 20, 30 minutes, my kids come every time I'm like riding, I, I call it riding the waves. Every time I'm riding the wave, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. Well, I was saying that with Aragon. I expect not to say that. I expect to be an expert. And my midwife's like, you said that with the other two. He's coming. Like it, it, she didn't say he did. I, I didn't know. I did. Okay. So back up. Um, ultrasound. I did not have any medical intervention with Maya with Aragon. I did not at all until like 38 weeks or something. I went the whole pregnancy, not knowing uh, my due date, nothing. I was totally riding out. But when I went to my midwife, she um, was feeling that the baby was transverse was sideways. Mm. So she was like, I kind of recommend you do these baby flip techniques she goes, um, I want to make sure the baby's head's down and in the canal. So she goes, if you could do this, it'd be nice if you can get an ultrasound so we can get like a, an exact date and, and then we can know if the baby flip method worked. So I did it. And actually I felt the baby flip as soon as we did those exercises. Wait, so what's an, what kind of exercise are they like physical exercises? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have it in my highlight reel. Like I put the baby flip. I, I forgot what the name was called. Um, one of them honestly is almost like walking up and down stairs. It's literally the best movement I can say to get kids to turn down. And this wasn't in the exercises, but I just intuitively kind of did it myself was, um, the inversion table. Mm. I didn't, I didn't suspend myself all of the way, but, um, I would say like a good 75, 80% of the way I was inverted. But I knew as soon as I did it, um, he flipped. I felt him. So I was like, oh, we're done. Like that was like really what worked ASAP, ASAP, ASAP. And then, um, so I did, I ended up getting an anatomy scan and um, yeah, where was I going with that? Oh, the way he wanted to be born. Oh my goodness. Uh, With him at this point, I was like an expert Um, and I knew the same thing. I knew how to be alone. So get this. This is the body, man. It's so freaking miraculous. My kids go to bed early and that day they like went to bed like eight or eight 30. But as soon, as soon as my kids went to sleep, like I'm talking the minute my kids shut their eyes, I got contractions for Aragon, which is crazy because now the other two brothers, I told you with Arian, I was alone with Maya. I was home. I had my stepdaughter my husband and Arian. And I had to separate from them, create my own sacred space in the room so I could be alone. And this time, this freaking guy comes as soon as these kids knock out. So it's like 830. I'm packing my stuff. I'm getting whatever baby blanket, whatever onesie, whatever else I need. And um, we get in the car. I think it was like 930. I got to my midwife's 930. Right. Or who are you with? Yeah. Oh, my God. I've had extra midwives this whole time. There you go. I totally forgot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look at all the midwives. So I had, um, and which is so funny. They all love like these three women love home birth. They fucking love it. I've been so blessed. So funny. Um, yeah. So with Valentina, yeah, 
we went, me, her, and my husband, and um, we got there at like 9 30. I'm laboring. And this time it was like a little more intense, but I think it was because I hadn't dealt with like my postpartum slash like residual trauma from like my emotional stuff when I was pregnant mm-hmm. with Maya. So I felt like it was just a little more intense, but I think because I was in a different place. But I'll tell you again, man, it's the stairs. My midwife had these freaking flights of stairs. I got there at 930 and I was like, oh yeah, it's fine. As soon as I like walked up the stairs, I was like, whoa, he's coming at the stairs again. I don't know. The stairs do something for women. It's not sure what. Um, How's Ben when that, when you find out, like when you tell him like, hey, it's happening, like, is he usually pretty calm or does he? Oh, you with Arian? Um, I think he was nervous. Like I've never seen my husband nervous. Yeah, he was nervous, but I'm going to tell you this. He's hilarious because the first time around when my midwives came and he saw like how they treat you, listen, it's not even your midwife is not for the delivery. You are the delivery. Like you, it's you, it's all you. I'm talking post freaking partum care. Like no other you're treated like a freaking queen. Mm. And my husband, he was like, he could not, he was like crying. He's like, I can't thank you guys. And like, I, he couldn't believe like how tentative they were. He couldn't believe like how good they were at what they did. Like everything was on, like, it was just, it was so fluid. It was so amazing. So by this time with like air with, um, with Maya, I literally was like, Maya's coming, go take the kids in the basement. So he literally went to take the kids in the basement. She came so fast. He missed it. Um, by the time he came back upstairs to find, he found me in the tub and she was born. <laughs> wow. so, yeah, it was wild. And then with Aragon, he was like, he was like, Oh yeah, my wife's got this like completely, like not even, not even there. Like, I mean, it was also nine 30, like he was sleepy. So it was like, just stay there. I'll call you in the bathtub. Like when he comes. So at that point he was just like, I, he, he'd already been in the process. Like he's already like, it, it was just so funny. Even my midwife, she's like, Hey, you in out, let's go. And then even she had a doula come in this time. And she was like, um, she was like, oh my God, you're taking this so well. And she's like, oh, I forget what it's like to work with a woman on her third child versus her first child. Mm-hmm. So it made their jobs easy too. So um, he came through, oh my God, he came through. I could not get comfortable. He kept hitting like the base of like my, I don't know if it was my pelvis or what it was. He just kept like coming right to the crown, but sucking back up. And it's so funny. I never check my dilation, but I can feel my literally could like feel if I put my hand there, I could usually feel the kid's head. Well, with him, it would like, he'd crown and he'd zip back up. And I was like, oh. and then I told my middle, I'm like, I don't know if it's happening tonight. He's going back. She goes, that means nothing. And she goes that how far they're in the connection. Cause it doesn't mean anything. They can go from zero to 10. Anytime she goes, do not go off what you feel. She goes, the baby's in its own world. It's in its own timing. And then when she said that, I was like, you know what? I don't think he feels safe. Legit. I, and this is why I said, I think my stress carried over from like my other pregnancy. And so I started talking to myself. Oh, and by the way, Valentina recorded this whole thing. So from beginning to end, I think like by the time I got in the tub, um, it, I felt like it happened slow, but I were in a view. I'm like, oh, this is quick. I got there at 930 and he was born at 1217. So like all of my kids were under three hours, like three and a half hours. And, um, so I was watching and I was talking to myself and it, I was talking to him, but it was really me. And I was telling him, I was like, you're safe. You're okay. Like, I really just got connected to him. Like before it, everything was about everyone else. And that's why I said, you got to be alone 
because you can just get in your own body and your own mind and your own thoughts and your own being. And so that's what I did. I was like, whoa, let me just get everyone out of the way for a second. I'm like, you're safe, dude. Like you're safe. Like I just felt like I needed to nourish that, but it was really me. And I didn't know it was me until I watched the video. And I was like, I was telling myself you're safe. I was still coming off of my central nervous system. Hadn't come off of my emotional roller coasters. So when I was like, you're safe. And then I, I tried the position Arian was born in. Nope. I tried the position Maya was born in. Nope. And I was like, and I was moving side to side and my midwife's like, and I said, I feel like I have to go on my side. Is that okay? She goes, oh no. She goes, you know, two of my babies wanted to be born on their sides too. The, I'm not even joking, not even a millisecond into me turning on my side. I hit this pocket where it was like, and it was like the suction and he just freaking slithered out. It was so weird. It was like the minute I turned, it was like this perfect tunnel that just this like vortex that just sucked him out. It was wild. It was so wild. And so like he came out and then he comes out into the water and then you like lift him out of the water and like Uh huh. Yeah, and I would just put him directly on my chest. What a great experience. Huh? He was crying. Like I'm just trying to picture everything like detail for detail. Right away. I'll let you watch the video if you want. I definitely want to watch it. Um no, not right. He didn't cry right away. I just remember seeing a lot of hair. I was like, whoa, like this is crazy. Um, and then you said something you didn't, because I didn't even know this until you told me about the um, umbilical cord and how you don't cut it right away. Yeah. The way Tina was explaining it, she, after the, because she was in my group coaching, right? And after the birthing experience, she came on and she talked about it and she was like lit the fuck up talking about it like she was so excited about it and she said that she was explaining everything and she said that you didn't cut the umbilical cord right away and you you could see the baby was a certain color when when he came out right and then one after the umbilical cord still being attached to him it was like all the color left the the placenta and yeah aragon and he filled up and he was just like so red so beaming i think it's something like i've read it's like a third of blood that you lose um when you cut the cord too early too soon Mm. um which then i heard contributes to like um like if we lost a third of our blood like it's like it's a struggle for life as human beings so Kids are just resilient. And I think that's why some people correlate that too, which I don't believe because some people let their cords stop flowing and they still have jaundice. But I heard too that it's like if they cut the cord too soon, um, they're more prone to having jaundice. But I don't even think that's true because I felt like um, Aragon was a little jaundice too. But um, oh, yeah, man, I forget how much I love talking about this. I'm like kind of out of breath reliving this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow, it's a crazy, crazy experience. Three yeah. times. Oh man. Like yeah. I always use you as an example when I tell people, like, my friend did it three times. <laughs> like, and I know that you you have to. It's not just for anyone. Like you have to be prepared for that. You have to be connected to yourself and trust and God and whatever, like God, universe, whatever you want to call it, but you kind of have to be in trust to do something like that and try something like that. If you go in it with a lot of fear and like really stuck on all the ways it could go wrong, then yeah, you could create that outcome. 
Yeah. And you know, you said it right because it's like, and I've always posted this and I like, I always feel like, oh, faith over fear, faith over fear. But like, that's the one time in your life that you, you get to actually witness that shit. Like you get to, like, it's not about you. And that's what it's about. Like, that's what it is about when they say like, it's your rite of passage into motherhood. It's not about you. It's so not about you. You are a vehicle for this miracle being like if you think about the process like how freaking miraculous it's so wild like it's literally magic Mm -hmm. you're telling me that like this child grew from a spark from an electric freaking spark from a meeting of like i just it still boggles my mind Mm -hmm. and then you don't need to like your body automatically feeds it automatically grows it automatically it's just wild it's so wild so talk about like ego death and I feel like that's what makes you know I don't know just makes me such a better human being in my home and makes my coaching so potent because like I already know what's on the other side it's fucking magic I already know what's on the other side of fear like get over it let's go you know and also Tina was talking about like um like we think about a lot of births and that happen in hospitals this may not be the case for every single person who has a baby in a hospital, but that environment, like you were saying, like certain, it can give off a certain energy and vibe. And like a lot of the time I, from how I've seen it in movies and what I've heard of people's experiences, it's like so stressful and tense and like the way that your birthing experiences sounded like then the way that Tina explained the experience with Aragon, it was like, it was so peaceful. Like the energy was so peaceful. Like you were saying your environment Mm -hmm. is so important. So I mean, that's a really important thing to think about. Yeah. When I, when I think of like, I don't know, we just think of like, if you're carrying a miracle, like if you were being born, like how would you want to be brought into the world? Mm. And I look at it as like, do when I'm in like deep meditation, do you want someone coming in and putting a freaking light bulb in your eyeball? Mm. You want someone fucking yanking you out of your sleep? Yeah. Like, oh, we're hearing, hearing other women scream in the other room. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. Is that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's primal. <laughs> so it just depends it depends honestly like I've I've watched birth videos like each one was different Maya's was not it was like it was with her I was the most connected to my breath Mm. like my my breath did it all I was out of the way it was like something took over my breath took over and it was it guided it literally guided her out like it literally was like a hot air balloon that just pushed her out it was that for me was the most profound experience um with arian i was into breath work but i wasn't like i didn't trust it i didn't trust my body like it was my first time with Maya. i was like oh my god this is all breath it's all breathing i got this mm-hmm. um with aragon i was like i was solid but it wasn't as smooth um i had to like really let go of like not one you know i had a couple of um I have a co- I had a couple of like emotional things that I had to let go of to allow him to be born. So, um, 
Do you have any advice for anyone out there who's like, I really want to do a home birth, but I'm scared? Yeah. Surround yourself around people that view it the way that you view it. And, um, you know, make sure that you prepare before, you know, you have nine months. What are you going to do in those nine months? You know, you have time to prepare for like um, listening to the intuition. Um, gosh, the process is even before birth, but mm-hmm. ask, like, I remember asking people about their birthing experiences when I was a kid and like, some of them were so traumatizing and then you get that, Oh yeah, whatever. Everybody wants to do natural birth and you get that attitude. And then you get that, um, again, it's really reflects people's personality. I had another lady and she's like, Oh, I thought so too, but you're going to want to shoot yourself when those contractions, I'll tell you, if you had a gun next to you, I would have killed my, and I was like, Oh my God. All the time. Oh my God. Like, why would you use those words? We're talking about birth. We're talking about birthing a miracle. Like, Whoa. And then I was just like, let me just, let me just see what's out there. YouTube people like go interview someone, go talk to someone. Like you want to take advice from someone who's like views it the way you want to view it. And then you know, things happen. I was a mile away from the hospital with my first one. And then after that, I just totally, totally surrendered. And I wasn't disappointed. It was, it was everything I needed. It was amazing. Beautiful. I mean, you inspired me a lot. (sighs) Never even thought about that as being an option. And now I do because you are like the example um what a crazy process just life yeah Mm -hmm. what about your recovery with all of them or your do i have the energy to even talk about this i'm i'm so winded you don't have to go deep into it Um, the answer if you don't want to but yeah with erin i felt the most physically prepared I was going to the gym every day and all the way up until like the week before he was born, I was on it. I was so active. I was so strong. Um, Maya, I, I started off the pregnancy that way and it fell apart with the rest of my life as it was falling apart while I was pregnant. Mm. And um, it weakened me, it weakened my confidence and it weakened my um, ability to trust my body and what I know, even though it did it anyway, I still surrendered, but it wasn't, it wasn't surrendered by choice. It was surrendered by like, kind of like you're numb. Mm. And then with Aragon, I was like, I was physically the weakest, like uh, the most sedentary. It was, you know, all this freaking quarantine shit. And um, nobody was going over people's houses and just, uh, I just had a lot of time to just be with myself. Mm-hmm. So it was great. Like, I feel like I had a, um, I feel like I had gone through a lot of darkness also after that, that pregnancy, like that postpartum, because with each kid, there's more responsibility. So your energy gets thinner. Mm. And I didn't realize that like what I was going through, you know, with Erin, I had a little bit of postpartum. It was like really quick, but like I got to work and it was outside and I was taking him to park. It was like nonstop doing stuff with Maya. I didn't have that. And with Aragon, I didn't have that. Uh, with Aragon, I did uh, because I learned from Maya, but how to get out of the house, how to feel supported, how to reach out for help, how to um, start to identify with myself again after being a mom. Cause so much of, like I said, your energy gets thinned out 
and spread out between all these different people who need you. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I, I recognize what was happening. And then, so I took action on it. Like I got support. I got a coach. I was, you know, did a retreat, did women's circles. Like it was, it was, uh, it was manageable, but when you're in it, you don't think so. You know, I remember like, you know, thinking I'm going to die or uh, I'm going to be suffocated by this darkness. And then just something happens, you know, there's always shifts, always shifts for the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been recently reminded of that. Like, and while you're in the darkness, you, it's sometimes hard to see the light and you're just like, is this going to be my forever? And it never is. Yeah. It never is. Especially if you, when you see that little bit of light, you walk towards it and you can grow it through support or whatever ways allow you to expand that light. One last thing I have to ask you, because I know that that tired you out. <laughs> yeah. Letting <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, if you could give any advice for moms out there who are listening that their energy feels really thinned out by their kids, what's mm. the advice you could give them to kind of not balance that, but figure out how to yeah be be the mom that you need for yourself first Mm. literally mother yourself how would you mother yourself in that situation if you could be in the eyes of your mother looking at you what would what support would you want and so when that happens when your energy gets thin it's just forgetting it's like forgetting that you're your own being first and if your energy is thin, like ask for help, ask for support that you're just connecting with another mom that you guys are going through the same thing. Just that it's helpful on its own. So don't be, don't feel like you have to do it all by yourself. You know, mm-hmm. everyone goes through it at some point. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very common actually. All right. Well, I think that's enough for today. Yeah. <laughs> I think you, you explained a lot and you gave, you know, you shared a really vulnerable and beautiful story and it inspires me. And I know people listening to this will be inspired because it's not, you don't hear this a lot. Like you rarely hear this. It's not the, yeah. even if like we surround ourselves with people who do stuff like this, like majority of the world right now doesn't do yeah. that. What was the norm is not the norm anymore, but um. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Thanks for the combo. I really needed to get that out. That was awesome. Yeah. I'm really happy that you did. And we didn't even like our goal was to talk about your five dimensions of healing and explaining what that <laughs> means. But I'm like a big fan of, of, you know, just going with the flow. And that's what this podcast has become. It's just going with the flow. There's no structure, you know, it's nice. just, I want what's meant to come out to come out and yeah i had no idea it was going to go in this direction but for sure so i'm glad it did thank you all right thanks girl all right lady oh bye (laughs) bye